a reading from the book of Deuteronomy. Moses spoke to the people saying, this day the Lord your God commands you to observe these statutes and decrees. Be careful then to observe them with all your heart and with all your soul. Today you are making this agreement with the Lord. He is to be your God and you are to walk in his ways and observe his statutes, commandments, and decrees, and to hearken to his voice. And today, the Lord is making this agreement with you. You are to be a people peculiarly his own, as he promised you, and provided you keep all his commandments, he will then raise you high in praise, and renown, and glory, and above all other nations he has made. And you will be a people sacred to the Lord, your God, as he promised. The word of the Lord. Blessed are they who follow the law of the Lord. Blessed are they whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who observe his decrees, who seek him with all their heart. Blessed are they who the you have commanded that, you, that your precepts be diligently kept. Oh, that I might be firm in the ways of keeping your statues. I will give you thanks with an upright heart. When I've learned your just ordinance, I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. Dominus vobiscum. Lexio Sancti Evangelii secundum Mateum. Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. 
But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your heavenly Father. For he makes his sun rise on the bad and the good and causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what recompense will you have? Do not the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers and sisters only, what is unusual about that? Do not the pagans do the same? So be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. Verbum Domini. Our Lord's telling us in the gospel today that there should be no exception in our love toward others. We know that to love is to will the good of the other. It's easy to love those who are dear to us, but we're called to much more, to a life of perfect charity, even toward our enemies. And this is sacrificial. To pray for our enemies, and perhaps to start by praying for their conversion Pray for any conversion necessary in their hearts and that they might grow in holiness. One commentary notes that loving and praying for our enemies is the most difficult act of charity because it's the greatest victory over ourselves. If we pray generously for our enemies, we overcome anger and any desire for revenge in our hearts, which can be a very strong emotion or a very strong passion rising up in our hearts. It can be a very intense battle in our souls. But we can also see what God's grace makes possible, especially in the witness of the martyrs, and they're praying for their persecutors. One of the most well-known instances of this is St. Stephen, whose martyrdom is recounted in sacred scripture itself. He prayed for his persecutors and those who are putting him to death for the sake of his fidelity to Christ. Now, St. John Chrysostom offered some very practical ways regarding how we can truly love our enemies. And these include, when having been offended, simply not to respond in kind. Again, that can be one of the first things that rises up or wells up in us. If someone punches me, I want to punch them back. So not to respond in kind, but to rather to remain calm. Also, to generously do good deeds for that person. That's an effective way to deny self. That's a way to die to self. Think again, this is a great victory over ourselves when we pray for those um, who are our enemies or against us, who have harmed us, to actually go out of our way and to do good for them. And then again, to pray to God for our adversary. And when we do this, we're growing in virtue, we're praying for the other, and we're shutting the door for the enemy to well up within us, to try to stir up within us hatred toward others. And when we love our enemies, we know that we're imitating Christ, who loved his persecutors. He forgave them, and he prayed for them from the cross. And as our Lord says, we are also being like our Heavenly Father, who does good to all, even those who have hardened their hearts and are set against him. We know that God's offer of grace is still available to them to be reconciled to God. As we heard in yesterday's reading from the prophet Ezekiel, God said, do I indeed derive any pleasure from the death of the wicked? Do I not rather rejoice when he turns from his evil way that he may live? So we want to have that same disposition as our Heavenly Father, 
to desire the conversion of others and to rejoice when our brother or sister turns back to God. So our Lord says in the gospel today, be perfect just as your heavenly Father is perfect. He's not calling us to be perfectionists, or we are constantly concerned about not making any mistakes, and then when we do, which we will do, then we get frustrated or begin to beat ourselves up. Rather, again, we're called to the perfection of charity, to seek to every day, seek to grow in our love for God and neighbor. St. Paul said in Colossians 3, verse 14, and over all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And so we try simply to love as God loves and to be merciful as he is merciful. And God offers the grace that's necessary to reach this goal. He would not call us to something that he would not also give us the grace to accomplish. Right? It's not simply an invitation or a suggestion. He said, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. This is what we are called to, to this perfection of charity. And we're called to holiness today. Remember the reading that the church gave us as we entered into Lent from St. Paul, that now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation to grow in holiness. We're called to do that today. And we have all the material we need to become saints. God has given each of us gifts. He's also given each of us weaknesses. And that's good material for growth in virtue and holiness, our own weaknesses. The saints were not perfectionists, but they did strive for holiness. And when they fell, when they were confronted with their own weaknesses, they got right back up and they began again. St. Therese, in a letter to her sister, Celine, she said, and she wrote, do not let your weakness make you unhappy. When in the morning we feel no courage or strength for the practice of virtue, it really is a grace. It's the time to lay the ax to the root of the tree, relying upon Jesus alone. So again, to think that in the first moment when the alarm goes off and we have that very important decision, do I go back to bed or do I get up? And when everything is, is telling us to go back to sleep, again, we can look at that image from the gospel. There's the ax laid to the root of the tree. Here's an opportunity for me to grow in virtue, but I can't do it on my own. Right? We need the Lord's help. We need his grace. So again, we have all the material we need, including our weaknesses and our faults. St. Therese would say further, you know well that our Lord does not look so much at the greatness of our actions, nor even at their difficulty, as at the love with which we do them. What then have we to fear? Again, it really does come down to charity, our love, with which we do everything. St. John Henry Newman also gave some very simple and practical advice to grow in perfection, to grow in this path of holiness. In his work entitled, or his writing entitled, The Short Road to Perfection, he wrote, if you ask me what you are to do to be perfect, I say first, do not lie in bed beyond the due time of rising. Give your first thoughts to God. Make a good visit to the Blessed Sacrament. Say the Angelus devoutly. Eat and drink to God's glory. Say the Rosary well. Be recollected. Keep out bad thoughts. Make your evening meditation well. Examine yourself daily and go to bed in good time. Again, this is not meant to be a checklist that we have to, if we do every single one of these, we will be perfect. 
but it's to help show us again that it's simple. We don't have to do tremendously impossible tasks. It's doing what's set before us, doing it, trying to do it well for the honor and glory of God, to do it well and to live the gospel, to live sacred scripture, to read, to prayerfully meditate upon the word of God and to put it into practice in our lives, to spend time daily in prayer. Again, so his advice is very practical, yet it's also challenging. Again, because every day we come up against our own weaknesses. So these are good ways to form good habits of discipline and to dispose our hearts to receive God's grace. And St. Paul would affirm that we are indeed called to be saints when he wrote very clearly in his first letter to the Thessalonians, this is the will of God, your sanctification. And in the book of Leviticus, God exhorts his people saying, you shall be holy for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. And of course, this is what our Lord exactly says in the gospel today in essence, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And we simply want to conform our lives to Christ to resemble him. And we will be holy to the degree that we resemble, that our lives resemble that of Christ. Again, St. Paul would say, have this mind among yourselves, which was in Christ Jesus. So we want to think like Christ. We want to live like him. We want to conform our will to his will. And this effort will be greatly strengthened by prayer and the frequent reception of the sacraments, which he instituted for our nourishment and the strength of our souls. And when we know that when we receive the Holy Eucharist devoutly and worthily, we receive an increase of sanctifying grace, God's own divine life within us. We also receive the graces necessary to preserve charity in our union with Christ. Remember as our Lord said, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. And our reception of the Holy Eucharist is also a source of strength for us to keep fighting the good fight. St. Ambrose, who had a tremendous uh, impact and effect in the life of Augustine, he said, when we take the heavenly bread daily, that is the Holy Eucharist, we take it to remedy our daily weaknesses. Again, it helps us to rid ourselves of our faults and our sins and strengthens us on the path of virtue. And we can think of that great event in the first book of Kings when Elijah was fleeing from the wrath of Jezebel and was exhausted. Remember, he had to find rest under a broom tree. The angel woke him and offered him a hearth cake, saying, Arise and eat, lest the journey will be too great for you. And this, of course, we've always seen, the church has always seen this as a prefigurement of the Holy Eucharist, as heavenly nourishment and strength for our souls, the body and blood of the Lord. So we pray today that the Lord might increase in us, each of us, a desire for holiness, that we might grow in the perfection of charity, which all of us is called to, and that we might more resembly, might, we might more closely resemble the life of Christ.